Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet me, at 910 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. And a tweet just came in from a listener and says, we need to point out the free throw differences between Michigan State and Duke and I guess typical of Duke, they get every single call. They shot 30 free throws compared to just 12 for Michigan State as the Blue Devils defeat the Spartans last night in College Hoops, 74-65. to And our buddy MP on the mic, for Michael Phillips, also texted me. He goes, Hunter Dickinson worth every penny uh, with his 27 points, 21 rebounds, and Kansas's come-from-behind victory against Kentucky last night. But here at Odyssey Richmond, we've been doing a – a really cool bit during the NFL season, and that is the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. And it's been fun to track throughout the season. I thought I had the hot hand. First six weeks, I didn't miss, right? I picked the Ravens. Give me a ding. I picked the Cowboys. I had the Dolphins winning, the Vikings, the Lions. I even went with the Washington Commanders. And they got a win against the Atlanta Falcons, but then it was the Gosh darn Buffalo Bills, who screwed over AWOD as they lose to the New England Patriots. Now it's like, my goodness, what was I thinking picking the Bills? They're one of the most struggling teams in football right now. Quarterback Josh Allen throwing an interception every single game, it seems like, and getting into fights on the sidelines with his teammates. So I was out with the Bills, and we are now down to the Odyssey Football Final Four that includes... The voice of God, our program director, Zach McHugh. It includes Amy, who wanted me to tell all the audience members that she does not deserve the credit, that her husband has been picking the, the teams every single week. And it includes Ginny and Gary Hess. And Ginny and Gary Hess are with us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotlines. What's going on, Ginny? How are you today? Oh, I'm okay. Uh, you might have heard I got a little knee mishap, so I'm kind of laid up or else. I would be in the studio with you. Well, it's great to get you on the show, and we also have the czar, Gary Hess. What's up, Gary? What's happening, my friend? What's happening? I would like to state right up front that the final four should be the final two, and it's, it's appropriate that Jenny and I are the ones that are on right now because we should be the only two still alive because buying back into a survivor pool is just dumb. <laughs> there you go. I said it. <laughs> Jenny, do you agree? Should we change the rules for next yeah. year? Yes, because I am. I'm actually, um, and Gary and I did not have to buy our way back in. We, we've been right since day one, right, Gary? That's right. We're undefeated. Yeah, no, you, now. you guys deserve a lot of credit for making it to the Odyssey Final Four. And, uh, you know, the stakes are pretty high. There's about, I think, 160 bucks on the line here for the winners. And so uh, let me start with you, Ginny. Uh, talk to me a little bit about who you're thinking about picking this weekend in the NFL. Oh, I think I've already looked it up. Um, Jacksonville against Tennessee or, oh, my God, I had somebody else. Um, yeah, I've been holding back on a lot of people, a lot of teams that might. Like, I've never picked Miami. I have, I still have them and in my back pocket, and I have not used Jacksonville. And actually, I almost went with Buffalo, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> and so I might look at them 
I, I'm not against the Jets because they're kind of in disarray this week. Both teams are. Um, but I might, I might pick Buffalo if they get their act together. So the object is to hold on to some of the good teams so that you have something to um, do at the end so you're not stuck, like, picking, I don't know, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, which mm-hmm. I think is dangerous. Yeah, no, absolutely great explanation there. Gary, what are you thinking, Zar? It's kind of funny because I do the exact opposite. I do not worry about holding anybody in reserve because in my experience in these things, well, in my experience in these normal ones where you're not allowed to buy back in, uh, the, um, you know, if you, if you start looking three and four weeks down the road, you can find yourself on the sidelines and done. So I have just picked whoever the best team is, and if they're gone, they're gone. Um, I, too, still have Jacksonville, and they're on my radar this week. And gulp, gulp, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but, uh, the Washington Commanders are on my radar this week. Wow, that is that is wild with all the money on the line well, here. Let me put it this way: well, let me whoever's playing the New York Giants is on my radar every week. <laughs> so uh, right now, because wow. they're I mean there are some train wrecks in the NFL, but they are the they are leading the pack right now. Yeah, I'll tell you something about the Commanders because yeah, I kind of root for them. I, I broke my own cardinal rule, and this is why I don't like about fantasy football or gambling, is I actually picked the Eagles to beat the Commanders about four weeks ago, which they did, but it was very close. And so I was in the very uncomfortable position of rooting against my team so that I could stay in the um, survivor pool. And that's what happens in fantasy football, too, and, and gambling is at some point you're going to root against your own team if you're more interested in winning something else. Jenny, speaking of the commanders, do you think we finally found our franchise quarterback in Sam Howell? Apparently he's making really good progress with the enemy. I have my doubts. But <laughs> he, doesn't he lead the NFL in a lot of statistics? Yeah. Well, not like, um, not like C.J. Stroud, but I, I think he's been very impressive. Um, I just think someone, they were talking about whose seat was hot, which coaches, and they said Ron Rivera's seat is on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they lose to the Giants, I would send him home uh, before Thanksgiving. But uh, I, I just think they're going to keep him for the rest of the season probably. I mean, look, so the Commanders, if they lose to the Giants, then they have a game against the Cowboys four, ga- four days later, and it's kind of unfair to fire him and force an interim coach uh, to coach on three days rest, basically. But I'll tell you guys, my lock of the week is the Cowboys against the Panthers. All of you have already used oh, the Cowboys, so I you can't, can't use that's that. Right, I did. Yeah, I know. I know. I was. I just used them. I used them just this past week. Yeah. Right. Me too. Yeah. And I think it was it was almost too easy. I was. I told you, Awad. I was on the verge. I thought Jacksonville's on a roll. Maybe I'll pick them. And boy, I, then I, I'm glad I didn't touch that one. That was. A, Huge disappointment, but I would pick them against Tennessee because I think Tennessee, the honeymoon is all over already with um, what's his name, Will Levis. Gary, what do you think of uh, I, what do you think of the rest of the competition here? You've got Amy and, and Zach McHugh. Are you worried about them? I'm sorry, did you ask me that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So Zach is Zach knows his football, so I'm always worried about him, and. Uh, and and I know Hunter very well too. Amy's Amy's husband and Hunter 
Hunter knows his stuff as well, and I know very well that Jenny is a wise and learned person. So anybody that wins this is going to have to earn it. Jenny, how are you feeling about the competition? Um, I think it really, I think I wouldn't be surprised if all of us won next week or if all of us lost. I mean, I just think that we're all making good picks, but the thing we can't control is when there's an upset. I mean, who expected um, Cleveland to beat the Ravens? Who expected Texas to beat Cincinnati? I mean, it just proves, you know, I don't want to be boring about any given day, Sunday, but really, I think from now on it's going to be touch and go, and it's not even going to be football knowledge. It's going to be whether, you know, the football gods are on your side or not. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why we've been having so much fun here with the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. Gary, appreciate you taking the time to join the show. You're doing double duties as you're going to hop back on with me at 2.15 to talk a little high school football. Yeah, I need to go get myself positioned to drive down Richmond Highway, so I'll see you in a little while. <laughs> Jenny, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thank, thank you for having me. Yep, good luck this weekend as uh, we get down from the Final Four to possibly the Final Two or maybe even crown a champion this weekend in the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. You can be the quarterback or the point guard of this segment, 833-804-0910. We will go around college hoops in the state of Virginia. A ton of good games tonight, including the VCU Rams hosting Radford from the Siegel Center. You can hear that game right here on 910 The Fan with an ex- extended pregame show this year live from the Commonwealth Room where I host in front of 300 screaming fans of Ram Nation donors and season ticket holders, and that begins tonight at 6.15. But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Dave Johnson. What's going on, Dave? Well, we're, we're, you know, this is the beauty of the NBA. Uh, it was a stinging defeat on, on Monday, but hey... <laughs> It's not like football where you have to wait a week to get over it. You get another chance uh, tonight. And it's, a uh, again, tough assignment. Dallas Mavericks are in, in town tonight, uh, one of the best players in the NBA. They feature one of the best offenses uh, they, they feature. So <laughs> uh, it doesn't get any easier. But, hey, you, you play it and you see what happens. Dave, we love having you on the show, but it's not a Wizards Wednesday if I don't hear the sounder. <laughs> it's a Wizards Wednesday on AWOD Radio. Feel foul wide. Oh, the Porzingis! Tune in as Dave Johnson, play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards, joins AWOD at 1230. Left wing for three. Oh, it's there! It's there! For a Wizards Wednesday on the fan. Dave, we do need to change the audio, but I love the call of one hand, two points! (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's hope we hear a few of that tonight, a little bit. So before we get into the Wizards, I have to get your take on the brawl last night in the NBA with Draymond Green uh, choking out Rudy Gobert. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's never good to for things to to escalate to that situation or that that much uh, when you have hands around neck and, and that type of thing. So. Um, uh, look, I mean, uh, this is uh, and no excuses, but I'm just glad that this doesn't happen uh, 
you know, more because uh, um, it's a very physical game, basketball now. Uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's it's as much as we talk about three point and uh, you know the, the spacing on the court. It's a tight court with incredibly athletic humans, uh, and it gets physical. and And you have got to find a way to keep emotions in check. And you know that's the bottom line because nobody, the NBA, doesn't want to see that kind of situation. And and uh, uh, you just hope it's it's not something that. Uh, is repeated, but uh, it'll be obviously dealt with, and, and we'll see what the NBA has to say about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Draymond Green deserves to be suspended at least five games. I mean, we talk about how the in-season tournament was supposed to help against load management. Well, that incident happened with zeros on the scoreboard. Nobody had even scored, so it kind of makes me think that a couple of the Warriors just didn't even want to play in the game. Yeah, I, again, I really don't know the, the circumstances, and obviously I'm not around the Warriors. So, um, I, I, again, I'm a fan of the NBA in-season tournament and, and, you know, what it'll grow to. Now, keep when I say, uh, you know, I understand people saying, why well, it's hard to get excited about it. Except, well, it's, it's never been done before. So, right. it, it's very <laughs> it's hard to get excited about something that doesn't have a, of a history, as, I, as I've said before, when – when now somebody wins a trophy, uh, and maybe somebody will have a chance to win two uh, trophies in a row. Or, or it, it, again, things develop over time. But the important thing is that you go ahead and try something, you know, innovative. Uh, we could talk about, you know, certainly other sports with with you know long schedules about you know well how much does uh, a hockey game in November mean, or, or a baseball game in in, in May, or, or that type of thing. So. Uh, you know, the NFL is the only one where, where because of its incredibly short schedule by, for obvious reasons and by comparison, uh, where, wow, suddenly you lose two games in a row or, or you, you know, that, that the two, two losses in September could literally unravel your whole season. So it, it, magnet, it magnifies each NFL game. So I, I think the NBA in-season tournament for the Wizards, we've got another one coming up Friday mm-hmm. against the Knicks. You know, I think we're losing our first two games when you're only talking about playing four and only, you know, out of each um, conference, only four teams advance. So the Wizards really are in a must-win situation if they aren't almost out of it. But um, And that adds some spice to it because, uh, look, this is a Wizards team that that is not, you know, targeted for or, or built for playoffs this year. But that's what, why do you play these kind of tournament games? Because anything can happen on, on any given night in, in November and, and December. Uh, and it does uh, uh, make regular season games uh, more important. Now, to the Warriors question, I, again, I have no idea just because I'm not around the team and, and what's going on. Dave Johnson with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear the radio party right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, calling Wizards games. And um, let's go back to the game against Toronto, because I felt like most Wizards fans on social media were really frustrated with that one. And, and like you said, you know, we're not built for a deep playoff run this year, but when you have an opportunity to win some games and you have a big fourth-quarter lead, it's it's embarrassing and for the fan base to see a collapse like that in the fourth quarter. Well, it's embarrassing for the players and coaches as well. Uh, I, I think you know what 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 needs to be the way we look at that game or the way I look at that game uh, that there is going to be 
um, a game now, maybe in December, maybe tonight, where they don't lose a fourth quarter lead and they close it, and that's mm-hmm. that's progress. They didn't intentionally say, "Well, let's lose this this game," but it it showed and reminded us that you know, again, every quarter is important. You want to build a lead, but no lead is necessarily safe. That lead, quite frankly, should have been safe. I understand. But (laughs) welcome to when you're rebuilding, when you have eight new players. Uh, As Kyle Kuzma, in in measured tones after the game, says, you you learn that, okay, you know, we've got to be different in the the fourth quarter. Now, what what that means is that's not a coaching thing. That's, That's obviously their execution of what they were trying to do in, in the fourth quarter was not what it needed to be because they were held scoreless for, I think, the last five minutes or, or whatever it was. So this this is the part when people talk about, you know, we're going to rebuild, <laughs> and I've seen it, but there are going to be games like this. There's going to be games. The Brooklyn Nets game, quite frankly, they should have won that. Yeah. Now, where did they lose that game? Uh, you could point to offensive rebounding. Okay, yes. But but they committed three turnovers in a row in the fourth quarter. If you look at the box score of that Brooklyn Nets game and, and you don't see the game or listen to the game, you know, there's not necess- you're not going to necessarily look and say, well, they lost it because of turnovers. But, yes, they did. Because if you don't turn the ball over on three consecutive possessions in the fourth quarter, uh, you do win that game because that's an amazing swing. And I witnessed it. And, and the, the three turnovers – were, were just as much mental mistakes as they were forced by the, by the Brooklyn Nets. So, again, welcome to, you know, the rebuild uh, or whatever, you know, the process, whatever the term, the term is. And it, it's, it's, you walk away from that, that Toronto game on Monday and, and you say, okay, uh, you know, it was some of the best basketball defensively and offensively they had played for – two and a half quarters, yeah. but that's not good enough. And so, um, and I, and you understand the, the frustration and, and, you know, the, the passion, but um, it, it, again, it, you just have to move on. There's another 72 of these. And, and, but then you have to, you understand the people upset about it. So that just makes you more uh, looking forward to celebrating the growth, and this is something we actually talked about in the preseason that, that Michael Winger, our president, talked about, that part of the storyline will be when you have that fourth quarter against a good team like Toronto or uh, whatever, and, and it, it now you're closing games you should close. That's growth, and that's what we need to see. Obviously, we didn't see it Monday against Toronto. So you move on knowing you have to grow and learn. And also in the midst of that, you have some special things developing, like the play of Bilal Koulibaly, who uh, the, the past two games, as frustrating as the losses were, encouraging was his play. What's the latest on DeLon Wright? I love watching him play, but he's really been hurt by the injury bug over the last few years. Yeah, I mean, he's out four to six weeks, and that that's certainly, that's certainly a blow. Um you know, you could we could have used him also uh, on Monday night because that's that experience. Uh, not only the way he plays at both ends of the court, by the way, now, uh, but also 
that's you know not that you want a young player to get injured, but it, it's certainly on this team to have an experienced player like Delon Wright go out. You know, it's going to hurt, and and unfortunately, it it uh, it hurt last season as as the Wizards were in a very good position, if you remember October, November, as I remember actually beating the Mavericks probably a similar time. I'd have to go back, and I should go back and look. Uh, and we were about to go on the road, and we beat the Mavericks, and, and everything's feeling good. And then DeLon Wright, you know, was out after that game for an injury, uh, and it did change the dynamic. And, and it was one of those things where DeLon Wright was new to our team, and, and you're not, you know, on the on the surface, you're thinking, well, okay, he's a – He's a backup. He's a role player, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, maybe that's something that the Wizards can survive. But instead, uh, you know, we kept noticing um, his absence. And, uh, you know, to the to Jordan Goodwin's credit, if you remember that name, he yeah. ended up in the Phoenix Suns trade. But all of a sudden, he was able to develop and, and actually, quite frankly, had a lot of Jordan Goodwin uh, traits and became one of the, the stories of the season. We, I mean, cannot underestimate how hard it was to do what he did. He went from being a G League player to an NBA contract. And it's just, it's such a big jump. Uh, and, and you know, the, the G League is great at developing players. And so many NBA players do play in, in the G League. But, uh, but he became not only just a G League to an NBA player, but a coveted NBA player because of the way he played the game. That's Dave Johnson, play-by-play voice of the Washington Wizards. Follow him on Twitter at DaveJSports. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Listen, I appreciate everybody staying with us. And, again, feel Richmond, feel free to connect with me tonight. Loudmouth Jimmy did, so I need more Richmond folks connecting with me. <laughs> we'll talk soon. We love that. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we got Stubb running the ones and twos, and Stubb puts together the best of AWOD Radio podcast. It's available for you every day on your drive home. And if you miss any of the show, you can always rewind on the free Odyssey app. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today and just search 910 The Fan. It gives you the ability to pause the show rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. And it is time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. The question of the day, you can tweet me your answer at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio, or you could call in 833-804-0910. It's simple. Is Sam Howell the guy? 833-804-0910. Stubb, you've been watching the games recently. Is Sam Howell the guy, or is he just the guy for right now? I think he's the guy. I think so he, too. He looks he looks really good, and I mean the stats are backing him up. The stats are de- and, definitely and backing him up. It That's is, a good point. The, the passing thing is weighted by the fact that they only pass. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you do like a ratio of pass attempts to passing yards. If he's still winning, I'm sure someone's done that math. I don't know, but he he's looking good. He's looking good, and I'll tell you, his play just has me in such a good mood. Right, even after a loss, it didn't feel like a misery Monday. Right? It felt like, man, I'm excited to see Sam Howell play again this Sunday. And that's all I'm thinking about, right? That's my quarterback. That's my franchise quarterback. 
and his individual development, it's been impressive, right? I feel like you go week by week by week, you go, you watch the film, you do the breakdowns. He has really developed nicely throughout this season already. His ability to step up in the pocket, his ability to avoid the rush and take less sacks, his ability to throw it deep. His ability to run, right? He's always had those abilities since college. But the thing is, is now he's having more confidence in himself to take off. And I think the coaches are starting to really have more confidence in him with the play calls uh, that they have designed. I mean, Biennemi is not running the ball. And he's also throwing in certain situations that you wouldn't trust a rookie quarterback Unless you believe in him to make the throw, like the swing outs to the running back when you're when you're within uh, your own ten yard line, that's a risky play. Throwing it on third and sixteen, a lot of teams on you know, third and sixteen, they're going to dump it off to the running back. You know, they're going to throw a screen pass. Well, Sam Howell has stepped up in the pocket and thrown a twenty yard pass sometimes in those situations. And this is a guy that was sacked nine times in the loss to the Buffalo Bills, and it was at that time where a lot of people said. He's just not going to get over this sack issue. He's not going to be able to improve. And he has been sacked 47 times, 14 more than any other quarterback. But that number has also gone down. It really has. And Sam Howell could take these hits. He said to reporters this week, growing up, I used to run the ball 20, 30 times a game. I'm used to it. After games, hardly being able to walk. When I get done with an NFL game, I feel great. And so you got to like the confidence that Sam Howell has right now in himself. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. Let's go to Rich in Chester. You're on the fan with AWOD. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? I'm good, man. What do you think about great. Sam Howell? Great, great show. Hey, man, I wish everybody him play, man. It's his first year. He's better than half the quarterbacks in the league already. He can do it all. He leads the league in, in, in passing yards. I mean, what more do you want? Right. No, I feel the same way. I, I, I think the people that are nervous about Sam Howell are they're nervous because they think he can get injured with the amount of hits he's taken. But, I mean, I, I point to all the times that he ran in college and even in high school, and I always say – He's not like some skinny quarterback. He's got he's got some you know muscle on him. He's a bulkier guy, Rich. Yeah, he's going to be a hard guy. To, you know, to, he's a hard guy to bring down. He's going to be a hard guy to hurt. I mean, that's another thing is his endurance, man. Leave the kid alone. <laughs> so, are you feeling like I? I are, listen, guys. So, hold on, Rich. So, are you feeling like I'm feeling where even after a loss, as long as Sam Howe looks good, I'm okay with the results? Absolutely. Absolutely, that you know the heck with the loss. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. But man, if we get a quarterback, he plays. You know, he gets better. To, you know, not taking all those sacks. He keeps getting a little bit better and better at what he's doing. He's going to be just fine. So just who? Fine. So who would you like the Commanders to draft at least position group next year in the first round? Do you say, hey, we've got our quarterback, let's grab offensive lineman, or we need help in the secondary as well? So it's a tough question. I'd, I'd like to see him. <laughs> Honestly, it's not going to happen, but Marvin Harrison Jr. would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, get him a tall <laughs> weapon on the outside. Good grief. Yeah. All right, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Great show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you calling in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So what's so impressive to me is that so many factors were going against Sam and Washington, right? I mean, think about this for a second, right? Sam Howell played last year. 
final game of the year against the Cowboys. Well, then they fired the offense coordinator that helped him in that game in Scott Turner. So he had to learn a whole new offense in the offseason with Eric Bieniemy. He's dealing with a makeshift offensive line. This offensive line is not good. It's not. But he's been able to have success. His tight end, Logan Thomas, has been in and out of the lineup. And really, he's dealing with wide receivers that are struggling, right? Curtis Samuel was good at the start of the season. Now he's kind of disappeared. He's been injured the last few weeks, came back this week, but didn't make much of an impact. And Jahan Dotson, who we had so much hype and expectations for this year, has been like the worst wide receiver on the roster. The guy can't catch the ball, it seems like, as he was targeted two times this past weekend and didn't have one catch. And as a team, the inability to run the football, right? I mean, wouldn't it be so much easier for Sam Howell if they could run five or six yards and then it's play action and that way he has more time in the pocket to fire downfield instead of these quick throws that they're forced to do because there is no running game? Yet Sam has fought and fought and fought and fought, and now the offense is kind of like a, a brush of fresh, fresh air for Commanders fans, right? We've watched bad quarterback play, at least I have, for 25 years. And now, when we're on offense, I feel like we can score any drive, right? It's not like, oh, let's just get into the red zone and kick a field goal. I feel like we could throw a 30-yard touchdown pass. I feel like he can... Bring us back in games that we're down. We can come from behind. And so I'm so pleased with what I've seen from Sam Howell. Eric Bieniemy said last week, quote, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your quarterback. Some of that is self-inflicted wounds by him. But also, too, I mean, we're a team and collectively we all take our share in the blame. And I think you got to give Bieniemy some credit the way he's changed the game plan. It's a lot more quick throws. Hey, drop back, hit your back foot, and boom, get rid of it. Throw it to McLaurin. Throw it to Logan Thomas. If they're not there, roll out and try to find your running back, Brian Robinson Jr., and that was pretty impressive stuff there in that long touchdown uh, catch and run by B-Rob. Let's go back to the phone lines. 833-804-0910. We've got Jay in Richmond. Jay, what are your thoughts on QB1 Sam Howell? I'm a Carolina fan, so I've got a a double dip here. I love the guy. Um, I also want to say let's not kid ourselves with these, quote, hits that he's taking. You can't hit a quarterback in the NFL anymore. So he's getting tackled in the backfield, and he's getting tackled a few times a game. So these aren't the RG3 hits that he's taking downfield. You know, he may take one here and there, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about the progression of the line and his ability to get rid of the ball quickly and get out of that pocket. So I'm not so concerned about his durability. Um, So I'm a big fan, and and this is what we got to build around. As a big fan, and you've watched him since North Carolina and now his play in Washington, well, let's just play devil's advocate. What what are some of the negatives that you've seen from Sam Howell? Well, I mean, early on it was just not getting rid of the ball quick enough, and he was trying to get to that first read. I mean, the the play they call in the huddle is what he was committed to. Um, And in just 10 short weeks, he's, he's been able to adjust. And, and realize that there's more options out there. And, and Bienemy's done a great job of putting those options in place. And he's able to see two and three reads. And, and that wasn't something that was happening early on. And we're only 10, 11 games into this guy's career. So that's going to continue to progress. And I, I got to think we're going to put some pieces around him, uh, in front of him on the offensive line next year. And, and this is definitely the direction we need to go. Jay, good point. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, one thing I'm a little concerned about is some of his – touch passes that are like 30 or 40 yards, not where he's bullet passing it, but where he's kind of lobbing it to a spot. 
have been a little mm-hmm. bit off target. And partially that's like guys like Deami Brown trying to make one-handed c- grabs, and they haven't been able to do it. But it does seem like he's sailing it a little bit on these touch passes. I agree, and I think that's where you might need to look at a big-time, big, big-size receiver for next yeah. year too, and and to to go up and get those. I, I, it makes me so jealous watching the Eagles in the off season somehow yeah. get AJ Brown. Uh, so we need to do something like that with a big, a big-size receiver. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I don't think people are talking about Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate if it wasn't for AJ Brown. He's been spectacular. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Good. I appreciate it, man. Yep, man. Good call. I appreciate it. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. The Commanders seem to have found their quarterback in Sam Howell, but the defense continues to struggle. Can the defense win a game against Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants? We'll break that down next on The Fan. I was driving. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, or available on the go on the free Odyssey app. And tonight, the Rams host Radford, the Highlanders of Radford, and they played against VCU last year. It was a back-and-forth game, and the Rams got a win against Radford Last December, 70-62. to 62. And joining me right now, very special guest on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Used to play basketball for VCU. Now he's the assistant coach. It's Darius Theus. What's going on, Darius? Adam, what's up, man? How you doing? I- I'm doing good. So let's start with this. What are some of the biggest differences from the work that you're doing now versus some of the stuff you did for other schools scouting and coaching? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a lot different. Um, I, think, I think now as an assistant, assistant coach um i just have the opportunity to go on the road and like recruit um and obviously a little bit of more responsibility i guess when it comes to like the on-court stuff um and just handling different drills and stuff like that um but like player development's a, a, a unique um position when i was doing that for the past uh, about five years um but i wouldn't even say it's like a big change because those guys really gave me an opportunity to learn how to be an assistant coach. So I had a few, you know, responsibilities when I was player development. Um, I, I guess the biggest thing would be like going on a road recruit. You know, that's kind of like the biggest thing that you do. That's kind of different, I, I'll say. And Darius, of course, everyone remembers you from your playing days at VCU, and we've got the the Final Four poster on the wall here at 910 The Fan with your signature and alongside a bunch of other guys. And uh, I, I was telling you before the interview, so – This is kind of full circle for me because my first interview as a student reporter at VCU for Rams Review was actually your dad, all right? I was a a freshman. I saw his sign. It said, number 10 is my son. And I said, you know, that'd be a great interview. And so I had a great conversation with him. And then I spoke with him again at the Black and Gold game this year. Oh, man. You know, he he told me about that, too, Adam. He (laughs) told me about it. Oh, man. I actually have it. I actually had it. My brother was recording it. Right. That's oh, awesome. Man. Look at that, man. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful, man. And I'm sure your dad tells you how proud he is of you all the time, but it's just it's a really cool father-son connection that all of Ram Nation knows when your dad would come to the games and hold up that sign, number 10 is my son. Yeah, man. Uh, man, that was, you know, that that was special to me. I'm a I'm a frame that sign once I get a house. <laughs> I'm a frame and just leave it up there, man. It's, it's going to be something that's going to last forever. I love that, man. So how great does it feel to be back at the Seagull Center on game days? Oh, man, it's a blessing. You know, I think when you when you leave to go other places, 
Um, you just be like, man, ain't nothing like VCU. Um, even if those places are great spots that you're at at the time, uh, when you're away from the Seagull Center and then you get to get a chance to come back, you're just like, man, ain't nothing like this place. And I think we all kind of have those feelings of some people that left and have come back. Ain't nothing like it, man. It's unreal. It's unreal. So big game tonight at the Seagull Center as the Rams host Radford. Give us a little bit of what's on your scouting report, what to expect in the game tomorrow. That's a really good team. Bradford's a really good team. They have a really good head coach. Um, They have three guards that can really go. And I mean really go, man. Can really score the ball um, in different ways. And they have um, two two bigs. I wouldn't even say like they're bigs. Um, They're kind of unique, both of them. But, but but one of them he can he can rebound really well. I want to say he's like top. I want to say the wrong number, maybe like top ten or something like that. Offense rebounds or rebound the ball, man. So we got our hands full, you know, with those guards. They can really get in the paint. They can really score it. And then those two bigs, man, they're they're a presence down there on that block. And one of them can scratch out a little bit. Um, and they have some good guys coming off the bench as well. So and, and obviously they, they played here last year. And even though it's a new you know, coaching staff and stuff, um, they want to beat VCU, you know what I mean? Um, And they got that taste of of losing last season, so they want to win this year. Uh, So we just got to be ready for that, man. Darius Theus with us here on the hotline, assistant coach for VCU basketball. And when I watch Zeb Jackson and Jason Nelson, I mean, I almost see like a combination of the two of them kind of equaling a little bit of what you were like as the point guard at VCU with your ability to drive through defenders, get into the paint, and facilitate. So what are some of the things that you talk to Zeb and JNL about as you try to fill them in with your knowledge and experience of college hoops? Uh, I think the biggest thing I can help them with is just have fun. Uh, That's like the biggest thing I can help them with, uh, go out there and enjoy the moment. Um, I was a big, I, I probably, I can't, I couldn't score the ball as good as Devin Jason, <laughs> but I, I thought, I thought it was a good job finding guys, right. And just playing good team basketball. Um, and, and Ryan Odom is, is, is a great example of that. Just like wanting to play team ball. Right. So I, the, the things I kind of helped them with the most is at any way that you can get everyone involved. Now those guys can score the ball. I think Zeb is one of the quickest guards I've ever been around. Um, and Jason's also super quick as well. They both can shoot it. They both can get to the rim and finish around the rim. Um, with Zeb being like super athletic with his height, and Jay Mill with he got a nice touch around the rim with the floater, right? Um, but 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 getting everyone involved. I mean, that's the game, man. You want everybody. I think as a point guard, you want everyone to get touches. You want everyone to feel involved. Um, that's kind of some of the things I share with them. Now, like I said, they both can really score at a high clip. So uh, they do that way better than I did. I'll be honest with you. Um, but, but, but no, man, just, just, just that team basketball is the biggest thing. And I think that that's what helps you win championships playing together. That's just kind of about being my message to them most of the nights for real. Well, they might be able to score more than you, but you could get a bucket when it mattered. I have a vivid memory of you crossing over a defender with like 30 seconds left and getting the game-tying layup. So uh, it was always fun watching you represent the Rams. And speaking of that, I mean, the best fans in the world, and they made a difference already this season at home, and both Zeb Mm -hmm. Jackson and Jason Nelson talked about them making a difference, giving the guys energy. Can you speak on how it feels to play for VCU in front of 7,000 screaming fans of Ram Nation? Oh, man, it is unbelievable. Um, And then as a freshman, right, it kind of shocks you sometimes, too, with being, is your your home court advantage? But as a freshman, sometimes you look around like, oh, my God, all these people in here, right? And they they, they rowdy, they turned up. They're super excited about the games. 
but I think we got one of the best fan base in the country. And I think right now we got a unique schedule. Um, we got a lot of home games right here. And, and we're going to need them. And we're going to lean on them a lot. Um, and what I think they help us. They helped us win the other game against Sanford. Uh, their, their energy was unreal. I mean, unreal. So we're going to need them tonight against Radford as well. Um, looking forward to, to seeing them because they bring the best energy. Um, and I think as a college basketball player, you want to play in front of a packed house every night. No one wants to play in an empty gym. Let's just be real. <laughs> um, so to be able to come in there every night and have that, it's amazing, man. Thank you to them. And, you know, Zed put a tweet out not too long ago. I think it was like a couple of days ago. I retweeted it. Um, he was just saying thank you to the fans, uh, all the love and support, man. We 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 love them and we we need them every night. We need them every night. We got Darius Theus with us on the hotline, assistant coach for VCU basketball as they face off against Radford tonight. And the game has changed so much in college hoops. The three point shooting, it feels like it's at an all time high. But to me, there's a big difference between good threes and bad threes. How would you describe mm-hmm. the difference in your opinion? Uh, I think for me, it's the shots you work on. If you don't work on that shot, don't shoot it. I think it's pretty simple. Um, you have guys that come in here every single day, and they work on their game. And, I mean, they're in this gym 9 a.m., you know, at practice, and then they're even coming back later. So if, I, if I've seen you take that shot multiple times before we got to the game, it's not a bad shot. It's a good shot for you. Um, now let's switch it to a guy who hasn't been in the gym much, right? And I've never seen you take that shot in practice. I've never really seen you work on it. The, in the game, is not the time to shoot that shot. <laughs> um, but then again, like you said, the three-point line has taken over the game. But I, I think it's super important to have these guys in here working on their game. So when it does come to taking those shots in the game, they're, they're super comfortable. No. Um, I, and I think that's the difference from a good shot and a bad shot. The ones you work on, the ones you don't work on. It's pretty yeah. simple to me. Yeah, no, I love that explanation. And, you know, the, the toughest thing for VCU this year is the fact that it's basically a brand-new roster uh, with a few holdovers from last year. And team chemistry is going to be a challenge. So what are some of the things that you and the coaching staff under Coach Odom have worked on to build relationships and to understand hey, where each other are going to be on the court at all times? Um, I thought Greece helped us out a lot. Um, not just for the players, but um, for the coaching staff as well. Um, those those 10 days in Greece were amazing. I think that helped us build our chemistry. Um, and we've done a lot of five-on-five, um, to be completely honest with you, in this like, preseason, offseason, whatever you want to call it, right? We've done a lot of five-on-five basketball. We had the refs come in um, just to get these guys opportunities to play with each other. Play with each other. Um, we switched up teams every day just to give everyone an opportunity to get a chance to, like, know each other on the court. And these guys spend a lot of time to get off the court, too. Um, and you can tell that they genuinely like each other, not like force. You can just kind of see how much they hang around each other off the court, how tight they are. They spend time together. They go do different things together outside of basketball. Um, so I really, really enjoy this group because they're really taking the time to get to know each other. And um, I, I think I think it's going to help us on the court as we continue to go here. I heard a story that you and Bradford did. I think I think it's called the Iron Man drill with the team last week, a staple of the Shocker Smart era. So uh, explain to my audience here, how does a drill like that help a team in a game? Man, I mean, you got that drill, and we did it a little different uh, um, here with Coach Odom just because we do, we do some things different. But um, the diving for the loose ball and the saving the ball out of bounds, that doesn't change, right? And it actually carried over to the Sanford game. 
Um, I don't know if you if you paid attention close to that game. I mean, guys were giving their bodies up. Yeah, I mean, Zab had that play where he he dove and then threw it to Max. And you know what's so crazy? That's the drill. You yeah. dive on it. You don't stand up as you're diving on it. You're throwing it to your teammate. And I mean, it, it comes back full circle. You don't even realize it. Like you know, as a coach, you're like, man, will this work? Will this not work? And then boom, right there in the game, it worked. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's just a dive on the floor. You save it to your teammate while on the floor. And then you hop up, and then you got to save from going out of bounds. And it's just about those multiple efforts. Like, it's going to be some point in the game, you're going to have to dive on the floor. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to guard. You're going to have to go get an offensive rebound. You know, just, just those multiple efforts and giving your body up for the team. That's kind of what we've been talking about. Give yourself to the team. All of you, 100% to the team. And uh, we can come out with a win. And, you know, it, it helped us with, with Sanford. So hopefully it can help us tonight with Rafford. And last, same yeah, and last game against Radford, VCU trailed at times. So it was a tough-fought victory last year as VCU came away with an eight-point win. So what's it going to take to get a win tonight at the Stew? Uh, we just got to be locked in. Um, we got to be super engaged, everyone. Um, it's a really good team. Radford's really good. Um, we got to be 100% locked in. And everybody has to be dialed in because these guys, you know, they, they, they'll go ISO sometimes. Um, they run some stagger, some floppy stuff. Um, we got to be engaged. And that, that's kind of been the, 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 the thing for these past two days. Being engaged, having urgency, and, and being locked in to the task at hand. Um, we, can't let, we can't play like that versus Sanford and then come and play Rafford and we lose all the mentality we had against Sanford, right? So we want to carry that mentality over to the next game. And we just want to be super, super engaged and understand that, you know, anybody can come in here and win. We don't want that to happen again. You know, McNeese, that was a bad feeling, right? It was a super bad feeling. Um, we don't want that feeling again. We're, we're done having that feeling. Um, so so everyone's locked in, and, and I think that's what it's going to take. Everybody in that locker room and everybody in that secret center that night that's going for VCU, we all got to be locked in and engaged. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. VCU assistant basketball coach Darius Theus with us here on the line. And I want to take you back to the offseason. What was the hiring process like when I assume Coach Odom reached out to you and approached you with an opportunity to come back to VCU? Man, it was it was unique, I'll say, because I didn't know Coach Odom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we connected um, through some people, through Ed, our AD, and we got a chance to talk. We got a chance to connect in Houston during the Final Four. Okay. Um, and and, and, and I, I thought we had a good conversation. Um, and, you know, he took some time and thought about it. And, you know, through the blessings of God, man, he, he gave me an opportunity to come back here and be an assistant coach. And this is a dream come true for me. Um, but that's kind of like the a long story short, you know. <laughs> um, we, we, we got a chance to connect. And, um, you know, I, I guess it was hard for him, too, because, he, he he was hiring someone outside of, you know, his family. You know, that that can be hard. You know, obviously he brought a few people with him from Utah State. And, um, you know, now he, man, he he took a chance on me, you know, and I, and I don't want to let him down, and I'm going to give him my all every single day. So I'm just thankful, you know, for him, you know, to give me this opportunity to, to be at the school that I played at. I love this place with my dear heart, you know, and I take a lot of pride into it. And I, and I, I think he felt that when we talked and when we spoke. And, man, like I said, I'm just super thankful that he, he's given me this opportunity. You know, uh, I'm forever indebted to him. Man. I'm very thankful for him. 
Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join the show. I'm glad you're back here in Richmond. What's your favorite thing about being back in the RVA? Uh, I just love the city. <laughs> you could just you could just feel the love, man. Uh, you you could just feel the love, and, and like I said, it's not like you don't feel love other places, right? It's nothing like home, though, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 nothing like being at home, and, and BCU is a place that I can call home, and it's just it's just amazing, man. It, it's amazing, and, and and I'm glad to be back in some. Some good food, you know, some some good food spots, man. That's a good thing too. <laughs> I love that Burger Capital of America. Did you see that article? Richmond was voted the not, Burger Capital. <laughs> I did not see that article. <laughs> my my explanation has been, we just don't have any bad burgers. Like even the dive bars have good food. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just happy to be home, man. You know, it's home. It's home for me, and I'm, I'm thankful, man. Yeah. Well, great stuff, man, and and good luck this season. Uh, Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.